Broadcasting live from the Treasure Island Sports Club, it's In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, presented by Tequila Embajador. I want to thank you very much for making my day in the sun so memorable. Love that intro. Uh, welcome back. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor and Q Myers. Q is over at the Treasure Island Golden Circle Sportsbook. Uh, and I am here in Pittsburgh getting ready for Sunday's game, uh, Raiders against the Steelers. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in a good friend of both Q and I's, uh, Tashawn Reed. He does a great job covering the Raiders for the athletic. Uh, Tashawn, thanks for spending some time with us in the huddle. How you doing, my man? Thanks, man. You caught me right before my bedtime. I got a 6 a.m. flight to Pittsburgh tomorrow, so I'm not going to be up too much longer today. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Is there a drink of choice tonight, or are we, uh, are we, or are we keeping it uh, clean tonight? Got some sleeping pills. That's my my drink of choice for tonight. <laughs> All right. Well, be careful. Uh, Want to make sure we uh, we see you on uh, on on Sunday. Uh, I usually just have a couple beers and I'm out. So uh, that that always works for me. Uh, but uh, safe travels tomorrow. Uh, and and Tashawn, you know, got the news today that Josh Jacobs uh, is not playing on Sunday. It seemed to be trending uh, that way. Uh, after we saw him Monday night, he didn't look uh, good physically, uh, and he looked to be in a lot of pain. Um, in in where does that rank in terms of the players that aren't going to be there for the Raiders uh, on Sunday? As far as the importance and impact, uh, where does Josh Jacobs' uh, being out rank uh, in that regard? I'll put it at number two. I think number one is still Richie Incognito, uh, particularly because of the injury that didn't feel good with him being out with a torn ACL. You know, I think they could go without one of those guys on the interior, you know, if Incognito or Good isn't available, but having both of them out um, and kind of having to rely on, you know, John Simpson, the, a young up-and-coming guard, and uh, Jermaine Illuminor, uh, who's only been with the team for a couple weeks, I think that, you know, compromises not only the running game, but also the passing game and, uh, you know, the protection that you have for Derek Carr um, going against the Steelers front. But I'll put Jacobs right behind him, uh, you know, just because, you know, even if you do have some some subpar blocking, I mean, he showed against the Ravens even when he was beat up. Um, you had a couple touchdowns, and, and he had that nice run on the 15-yard run. So I think he raises your floor a little bit when he's in there, even if the blocking isn't, you know, as good as it should be. But I still will put him a little bit behind Incognito. Talking right now with Tashawn Reed from The Athletic here on uh, Raider Nation Radio 920. And, and Tashawn, sticking with that Josh Jacobs theme and him being out, how do the Raiders, how do Josh, uh, uh, John Gordon, excuse me, John Gruden, excuse me, how does he, uh, how does he make up and compensate for Josh Jacobs being out? It sounds like it's going to be a, a by committee approach a little bit. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, Kenyon Drake, uh, he didn't, I wouldn't say he split carries with Jacobs in week one, but he was a, a pretty active part of the offense, especially in a passing game. And he took a few carries when, when Jacobs was shaking up a little bit. But uh, they did bring in Peyton Barber a couple weeks ago. Um, he's got his play a lot of football over the last few years. But um, I, I think Barber will be more of the third down back. Um, you know, he's also somebody that, that's a skilled receiver, but also I would say he's probably a better pass blocker than Drake is. Um, so you may see him in more of those situations. I would still expect Drake to take, take most of the carries, but, I mean, you know, the way Gruden you know, spoke of Barber today and the opportunity before him, it sounds like he's going to be involved at least to some degree. Uh, he's a little bit – he's shorter than Drake, but he's, he's more stocky and they fill it out to him. So maybe in those short yardage situation, situations, they'll go to Barber instead of Drake. But um, I'm sure it'll be a healthy blend of those two uh, coming up this week against the Steelers. Sean, sometimes teams got to do whatever it is that they got to do to win a football game. On Monday night, we saw um... – 
Derek Carr throw the ball 56 times. I think he dropped back 59 times. Um, if you count the three sacks that he took as well, that's a lot of times to ask your quarterback to throw the ball. But again, it was necessary because of what was going on or what wasn't going on uh, in the run game, whether it was up front uh, in terms of the blocking or where Josh Jacobs was physically. It's not a sustainable approach, uh, asking your quarterback uh, to throw that, the ball that many times. A lot of bad things can happen, uh, including sacks, including turnovers. But that might be what they have to do uh, to get by until they can get Josh back uh, completely healthy. Um, do you think we're going to see another kind of uh, throw, throw fest like that from Derek Carr on Sunday? I think they'll definitely be skewed more towards the pass again. I'm not sure we'll quite see to that level. Um, I think the Bills kind of fell into that trap in week one. I guess the Steelers, they threw the ball a lot with Josh Allen, and the Steelers just sat back there in a, in a too high safety look and um, really limited them from having any explosive plays. And, you know, that's the, you know, we really saw the Bills offense struggle because um, they, they basically gave up on the run. And so I think the, the Raiders have to be cautious to avoid falling into that same trap. Um, I do think they'll, you know, sort of, um, especially if they're not able to have success run blocking. Maybe we'll start to see them use some of the, the short passing game. I mean, Derek Carr was really aggressive pushing the ball downfield in week one, and maybe he starts to take some more of those underneath routes um, and kind of you know make that, in a way, your running game. Um, but I'm not quite sure if they want to get back up towards having that many attempts as we had in week one because I think even though the Ravens, obviously, they, they have a really good defense, I think the Steelers maybe are even a little bit of a notch above them, especially when you consider some of the, the injuries that the Ravens had. Um, and so... Uh, you know, if they're in a situation again where they're passing, you know, up in the high 50s, I don't think the game's going very well for them at that point. Brian Edwards, he really came on towards the end of the game, had four big catches. Uh, Henry Ruggs uh, just had a little bit of shine in that game on Monday night. Do you expect to see those guys get involved in the in the game a little bit earlier this uh, this Sunday? Yeah, it sounds like they, they stretched it a little bit. When we talked to Greg Olson, offense coordinator, you know, he said it was kind of a point of emphasis to, you know, while obviously Waller is, you know, arguably a, a top two, top three tight end in the league right now. And obviously, you know, Carr has a rapport with, with Hunter Renfro as, as well. You know, he kind of wants to remind him, hey, we have some other weapons around here. And I think we really start to see, you know, in the fourth quarter and overtime, particularly Edwards, but also Ruggs came on stronger. Um, I know Ruggs, uh, it looked like he got missed on a, on a deep route early in the first quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, he had a, a very you know, a huge play kind of on a similar route. Um, and so, you know, you would think that those guys, with them coming up huge in a moment like that, not only that, but all the work that they put in in the offseason and training camp. And, you know, Carr's really stressed that he has a lot of confidence in those guys and, and believes them in a, in a different level than he did even from their rookie year. And so you would think, um, especially since, uh, you know, they had some issues, you know, some near turnovers last week when they were, he was forcing it a little bit to Waller and Renfro. Um, it seems like they would be in their best interest to spread the ball around a little bit more early on. We're talking to Tayshawn Reed uh, from The Athletic. does a great job covering the Raiders for The Athletic, and you can follow him at Tayshawn Reed uh, on, on Twitter. Uh, you pointed it out uh, <laughs> on, on, today on Twitter that uh, the, the miss that Derek Carr had of a wide-open Henry Ruggs. We all saw it up in the press box. I'm sure they were talking about it on the on the telecast. Everybody in the, that, that had an elevated seat uh, at Allegiant Stadium saw that. And now we know, I'm sure, Derek Carr saw it on film. Um, he missed it, and uh, that's something I'm sure he was uh, tossing and turning about, thinking about, you know, that was an easy seven points right there. Do you think, based on now seeing it on film, uh, and, and granted – the, the Steelers do something different structurally with their with their defense, especially on that back end. Uh, but do you think that knowing that, having gone back and looked at it at film, that Derek Carr might be that might be one that he's got waiting to uh, to pull the trigger on with with the Henry Ruggs? 
Yeah, and I don't want to put it all on cards. As some people pointed out, you know, in the progression, the way the play was called, maybe that was just designed right. for him to look on that specific side of the field, and, and he wasn't even expecting Ruggs to, to break open. But, uh, yeah, especially with the Steelers, they were a little uncharacteristically conservative with their blitz approach against the Bills. I think they only blitzed twice, which is, you know, for a team that, you know, seemingly every year is up there in blitz rate, that was a little shocking. But I think especially with the Raiders having some, some issues along the offensive line, the Steelers are probably going to be seeing some heat this week. And with that, you know, maybe they aren't in as many two high safety looks and there are some more opportunities against, you know, single high safeties or even if they do some of, some of those cover zero blitzes that the Ravens did, there should be some opportunities for, for Ruggs to make some plays down the field. Not just Ruggs, but, but Edwards as well. You know, we saw him, like, like we said, especially in overtime, start to make some, some catches down the field. Um, and so I, I think those shots will be there. It's just a matter of, you know, do they have time you know, to get the ball to those guys? I think Carr definitely, you know, I mean, he's, you know how he is in his preparation. He's aware of that. He's going to be looking for it. But will he have the time with the offensive line and be able to hold up long enough for him to take some of those deep shots? Tashawn, looking at the defensive side of the ball, that was a, a, a bright spot, I feel like, for the Raiders, something that most Raider fans aren't, aren't used to seeing, that the, the defense come through. Uh, they're, they're banged up on the defensive line. Unique Ngakwe, he's been out there. He's been practicing in limited fashion. John Gruden says he expects him to go. We'll, we'll see what happens on Sunday. But if Ngakwe is, is out there, or even if he, I mean, if he is out there, he's probably going to be limited. Uh, you know, he's not going to be 100%. Uh, who do you think steps up in his role uh, on Sunday? Yeah, I think there's, you know, if, if for some reason Gakwe doesn't go, um, or even if he's, like you said, limited a little bit, maybe we start, you know, maybe there's a situation where we see Cleef Farrell, who, you know, was inactive in week one, maybe he gets his shot this week. And I would imagine, you know, being somebody who's a, just a, a player in the league, but also a, a former football pick that, that lit some kind of fire in him um, and, and gave him some motivation. And so maybe if Gakwe can't go, if he's not quite himself, maybe it's a combination of, Farrell and, and Carl Nassau, who obviously had the huge strip sack last, last week. And so I don't know if it's necessarily individually one guy on the pass. Which I, you know, I, think, I would say in week one, I mean, obviously, you know, he's a, ASC defensive player of the week, Max Crosby was the star of the show. Um, and so it, it's more of him continuing that, that level of play that we saw in week one and then the guys behind him, um, you know, whether Ngakwe is there or not, kind of coming with that, that pass rush by committee approach. Um, you know, and I think another thing um, on the back end in the secondary, um, it'll be a huge test for them. Uh, I mean, the Steelers have one of the most talented receiving cores in the league. And so, uh, you know, those guys, uh, I know Gus Bradley spoke a bit about the rookie free safety, Trayvon Moore, and he had a couple couple lapses in coverage. And um, while Big Ben doesn't have the arm he used to, he used to have, you know, Chase Claypool and, and Deontay Johnson. You know, those guys will make you play, make you pay if, if you're not covering them well. And so, I think those probably the, the two, you know, as usual, uh, I, I would say, but the pass rush and then how they, they fare on the back end with limiting some of those big plays would be the, really be the things to watch this week. Tashawn, uh, very quietly, uh, Jonathan Abram had a pretty big game, an efficient game on Monday night against the Ravens, and it's almost ironic because there isn't probably a louder player on the Raiders than Jonathan <laughs> Abram, but he's made it a point, the coaching staff has made it a point, We've heard Ron Miles talk about it specifically, getting him to dial it down a notch or two uh, in terms of the loudness uh, and just be a more efficient, quietly efficient player. What was your takeaway uh, from what you saw of Jonathan? Is that something that he's going to be able to build on, do you think? Yeah, I think he just looked a lot more comfortable out there. I mean, they, they had him switch over to being more of a box safety um, this year with, with Gus Bradley having, you know, that cover three single high safety defense that he has and, um, you know, while he still lines up in the slot at times and plays man coverage and, and still obviously has coverage responsibilities as a safety, he's not playing in as many deep zones, which kind of uh, eliminates some of the, the, the room for him to have some of those critical errors and, and 
some issues that we saw him have um, in his first couple of years in the league. And, you know, it was just ha- having him down there in the box, you know, having him closer to the line of scrimmage, uh, it makes it easier for him to stay involved in the run game. And even though we didn't see a lot of blitzes, I think they only blitzed once in week one. I mean, you know, as we know, Abram, you know, with his style of play, you know, he's a great guy to send on blitzes as well. And so I think it just fits his, his skill set better overall from the role. And, and when you're comfortable like that and you're playing a less, less complex defense, you can kind of just fly around and make plays, which is, you know, a hard-hitting guy like him with, with his speed and his instincts, that's what you want him to do. And so it's kind of the, the perfect setup for him. Um, you know, and, and now moving forward is just about maintaining that consistency week over week. And, you know, as you said, him kind of toning it down a little bit. I think we've seen that even a little bit in, in this couple of press conference appearances. And yeah. It's a very business and serious approach and kind of humble approach, I would say. Um, and, so, and so it seems between, you know, the, the new coaching staff that came in and then just the work that he put in himself in this new role, um, it, it seems like he's starting to kind of hit his groove a little bit. Talking right now with Deshaun Reed from The Athletic here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And what did you make of uh, John Gruden talking about Big Ben when I believe Adam Hill asked him about uh, people wrote him off and he, he was persistent with, who wrote him off? Who wrote him off? Give me that list. What did you think about that interaction? Yeah, I mean, like, obviously John Gruden isn't going to get up there and say Big Ben is trash or, you know, anything crazy like that, especially, you know, I mean, coaches tend to be complimentary of the team that they're going against ahead of the matchup, right? And so. I mean, but I mean, any, any of us who have watched Big Ben the last couple of years, we, we know that, I mean, he's, he's you know, 38, 39 years old. He's going to be some kind of level of decline if you're not Tom Brady. Uh, but, you know, it just seems since that elbow injury, uh, you know, he's really lost a lot of it as if on the ball and, and being able to push the ball downfield. Obviously, he's still uh, an extremely experienced and smart uh, quarterback, and he can still pick you apart underneath uh, once he gets cooking with those weapons that he has. But, in terms of him being, you know, just naturally it's been a decline with Big Ben in the years to right. come. But you know, I didn't expect, you know, Gruden to get up there and go, oh, yeah, yeah, he has been clacking off the last couple Well, I can say this. Uh, I'm here in Pittsburgh, and they've been talking a lot about it today on Sports Talk Radio uh, in, in terms of Ben, you know, uh, what he's not doing, which is throwing the ball down the field. And the question is, is it by design or is it just because he can't do it uh, anymore? Uh, so uh, if he's been listening and he wants to uh, prove some people wrong, uh, maybe he does take some shots uh, down the field against uh, against the Raiders, but we'll see. Uh, Tashawn, thanks so much for spending some time uh, with us in the huddle. Uh, get some good sleep. Uh, we'll see you out here uh, in Pittsburgh. Uh, take care of yourself, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road, man. Thank you very much. Appreciate you having me. See you this weekend. All right. That, you, you got it. That's Tayshawn Reed from The Athletic. Does a great job uh, covering the Raiders uh, for, for the great publication, The Athletic. You can follow him at Tayshawn Reed uh, over on Twitter. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln – or, excuse me, Vinny Bonsignor. And well, hey, Myers. man, I, if you, if I you call so me Lincoln Kennedy, if you call me Lincoln Kennedy one more time, man, I'm about hey, to start some compliment. mess. No, no, nah, nah, man, that's going back to what Demond said when he told the 350 pound oh, security no, guard, no, like, "Hey, no, man, no, 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 no. You, don't, don't go in there." I'm just I saying, said, man. Me and Lincoln I don't know, resemble, resemble each other at all. No, exactly. No, Lincoln's like, a Lincoln. I'm more like a Pinto. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more like, like a Pinto, man. It's literally saying that. Three straight days, <laughs> you know, like right. time after time again. I got uh, you. And, and so, and so, so uh, don't be reading anything into that. I know. Uh, I'm just messing Q with Myers. you. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Q Myers. Thank you. Uh, who is over at the TI and the uh, Golden Circle Sportsbook. I am here in Pittsburgh. We'll talk to you on the other side. Yo, what's up? What's up, Raider Nation? It's your homie, Too Short. And you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920, baby.
uh, Sean Reed uh, from over at The Athletic um, for dropping in and spending some time with us in the huddle. Uh, you're back in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor and Q Myers, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. It is a Friday night. Raider Vinny. Nation Radio, 9.20 a.m. Yes. Can I tell you what just happened here? This big What's cluster up? that we just had. We were just having a three-way argument about Michael Jordan and LeBron James. That's why this whole thing just became a big cluster. That is still the biggest argument ever in sports is Michael Jordan and LeBron James. You want to start some mess up. It don't matter who you're around, where you're at. You start talking about Mike and LeBron, and it's, it's like the gloves are off. It's, it's, it's street battle. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, I, I always defer uh, to uh, Kobe uh, Bryant, uh, one of the smartest, if not the smartest, uh, athlete I've ever been around. Um, and we, we, we've talked about that uh, with him plenty of times. And you know what he always used to always say? He goes, I don't like getting into unanswerable arguments. He goes, because it's unanswerable. It is. You might have your opinion. You might have your opinion. So what's the point of even entering into an argument like that when there's literally no answer to there's none? And right. so what his point always was, and um, I completely subscribe to this, you know what? Dominate your era, and if you end up doing that, you're going to be in the conversation. And at that point... You've done your part. You've reached that level of greatness. I'll say this. I, I, I love my, Michael Jordan. I think he, you know, obviously one of the best players. But I can't justifiably, Q, and I know you're, you're probably, uh, you know, going to go, oh, hogwash. But I can't justifiably, justifiably say that he is so much better than, my, than, than, let's say, Magic Johnson. You know why? Because I remember Magic Johnson coming in at 19 years old and understanding how to win basketball games to the point where after winning a national championship, which once the seniors, once the James Worthies and those guys cleared out of North Carolina, Michael Jordan didn't win squat at North Carolina. And I'm not uh, disparaging him. I'm saying that he didn't win a national championship or even get close after that freshman year. Magic Johnson goes from winning the uh, NCAA championship to a year later winning the NBA finals in a, in a series where he had to replace Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and ends up with 43 points, 15 rebounds, 7 assists to beat Philly and Dr. J and all that crew, Andrew Tony at the Spectrum in Philadelphia. He got it right off the bat. I do remember, and I think people forgot or forget, but I was there, and I know you were too. It took Michael Jordan about seven years, and, and you could say, oh, well, he didn't have the players. Well, he didn't have this. Well, he, he also had to come to an understanding himself and a little bit of a reckoning himself on how to incorporate other players and be that kind of a player where everybody gets involved and, and the, the team becomes a success because of that. It took him a little while to figure that out. Magic got it right off the bat. So to this day, if I was starting a franchise, every single day of the week, I'm going to pick Magic Johnson. But that's just me. And that's not to say that he's better than Magic than Michael Jordan. But I can't sit here and say in my heart of hearts that Michael Jordan is better than Magic either. They're, they're different, but in their eras, they dominated their era and let the history books show that. And that's the end of it, really, at the end of the day. And I, I'll say the same thing about Le LeBron James. Nobody, Q, nobody, including Michael Jordan, has had the pressure and expectations that LeBron has had to deal with from day one, going back before day one. Jerry West, I remember Jerry West talking about LeBron James when he was like in high school saying, I'd pick up number one right now. 
today he would be the number one pick of the draft if I was making that pick because I know what that guy's going to get ready to do. That's the kind of expectations and pressure that was on LeBron. And that dude has lived up to them beyond expectations to me. Yeah, no, I I can agree with that. Uh, And, look, I respect the hell out of LeBron. I think he's a great player. I think he's done some great things. Absolutely, no doubt about it. And won Cleveland a ring. And he's done some amazing things. Uh, I'm with you with Magic Johnson. I really am. I think Magic Johnson is an uh, outstanding, was an outstanding player. Uh, He did some incredible things when people weren't doing those incredible things. He changed the game. He's the reason why Kevin Durant's who Kevin Durant is. He's the reason why. I mean, I can go through the history of basketball. I mean, I'm a basketball buff before I was ever a football guy. Right, Uh, right. Trust trust that. That was was my game. Uh, I'll I'll go with Mike just because I, I love Mike and I love what he brings to the table. But, I mean, you really can't go wrong. And the funny thing about this whole conversation, whenever you argue with Mike and and, and LeBron is people always leave out Kobe being Bryant, which you should never leave out Kobe because Kobe was such a great player. And if anything, he was closer to what LeBron, uh, what Mike was than, than LeBron because LeBron, in my opinion, was more is closer to what Magic was. And I'll say this too, and it was and, and this is probably only because you know growing up a Laker fan, um, uh, these guys butted heads so many times and their teams butted heads so many times. Honest to goodness. There wasn't a player from a Lakers perspective that I feared more than Larry Bird, flat out. Like, and, 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 and that's probably because, you know, both Larry was beating the Chicago Bulls. The Lakers never really had any trouble with the Chicago Bulls. They never even faced them in the, in the finals. So they were the Bulls early on, on those early Michael Jordan teams, they were getting spanked by the Celtics. They were getting spanked by the Detroit yeah. Pistons. They were never even on the Lakers' radar, to be honest with you. But I'll tell you this. <laughs> Larry Bird, like every day I woke up, Q, and I hated Larry Bird at this point. This is when I was a fan growing up. I would, the first thing I would do is look at the box score to see what the heck Larry Bird did because I was like, oh man, 33, 16, and set. Oh man, they, they won their 14th straight game. Jeez, is anyone going to, you know? So for me, like that dude to me is underrated as, as, as well. I think, I think he's Stud. underrated, and I think Kareem's underrated too. I agree. And real quick, uh, got a text message on the Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Q, do you actually use the term hogwash? No, I do not. That was Vinny. Vinny gave that to me. Vinny passed that, that, that term down. <laughs> he, uh, he heard that at the corner store and thought that that was something convenient that I could say. No, I do not I use, ho- <laughs> I I do not use hogwash? hogwash. You did say hogwash, but I did not say that. Okay, well, uh, I gotta eliminate that, man. That's, yeah, that's, you that's do. Not, that's not that I need to be saying hogwash. Geez. I know exactly. Exactly. You know, I'll, I'll, the day that I knew I was a dad, I don't know when when you had this moment, but I remember when my child support I, payment came through. Well, okay. <laughs> when that bill came in the mail, <laughs> I mine knew it was, was real. This, mine was the, <laughs> no doubt. Mine was this. I threw my son up in there and go, whoopsie daisy. I'm like, I, what am I saying? Why, right. I, why did I just say that word? Like, that's like disgusting. I don't even want to ever think of that word again. But I was like, it just naturally yep. came out because, yep. you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. anyway. Um, we'll, That's what we we'll, do, we'll man. We, we grow up and we get older. Exactly. But we're still exactly. looking for Carla Rossi. <laughs> hey, man, that's my, that is my assignment for this evening once I get up. Once I get up you should you know, have actually intel. I mean, you're a Bonsignor. She's a Rossi. I mean, come on. You should I have. I know. That's, that, that's come on, brother. intriguing to me. There's a little Italian uh, exactly. uh, connection here. Exactly. So uh, we're, we're going to have to uh, – I'm going to have to get that, uh, that, that all squared away. Uh, but we are talking, obviously, about uh, the Raiders and the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a historic – uh, matchup. I know recently it hasn't had the uh, you know the, the same luster that it once had, but 
you know, for the for the old heads uh, in the house, they understand what the Pittsburgh Steelers meant to the Raiders and that in that whole scheme of things, because there was always that one team, whatever team you root for, there's always that one team that just denies your dreams. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and for, for a while that was the Steelers. That was that the Raiders put it this way. They probably would have some more championships, Super Bowl championships, had it not been for the Steelers. I could agree with that. I mean, we were just talking about Mike and we were talking about LeBron and the Pistons were that team for for Mike. You know, they were the team that always got in the way and stopped stopped Mike from getting to that next level. And then finally when he, knew, he overcame the Pistons, then you knew, okay, this guy's about to win a championship. Yes, exactly. It was his time. Yep, exactly. So there you go. That's how we make it come full circle. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. We're heading inside the tent with an injury update from the Las Vegas Raiders. That is right. And you know whenever you hear uh, that that intro, you know that Dr. Robert O'Dell from the uh, Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas is on the line to break things down for us. And uh, Dr. O'Dell, I got to say, one game into the season uh, and the Raiders look like a mash unit. Uh, they've got every injury imaginable, some that have ended guys' seasons after one game, others that they're going to have to manage and keep an eye on. Uh, but before we get to all that, thank you so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. How are you doing, my friend? Uh, I haven't done one chart this week because I've been so busy. We're doing stuff that other people aren't doing. And uh, I went to the game on Monday night, uh-huh. so I was up past my bedtime that day. But, you know, I recovered from that. But uh, it's been just been crazy in the clinic. Crazy. All right. Well, we'll get to that in one second. Uh, but I, I want to get your impressions of the NFL in Las Vegas, Allegiant Stadium, and the Raiders and the atmosphere that you saw on Monday night. That well, was unbelievable. I, we were, uh, we, I advertised the RJ, and we got some tickets uh, thanks to them, and I do thank them. Uh, we were up in, uh, in the end zone, uh, south end zone, way up high. And, you know, it, it was easier to watch the TV uh, when the play was at the other end of the field. But... Uh, you know, uh, uh, it was uh, it was really amazing. What really struck me, and I hope it's okay to say this on the radio, but there were so many young people there, and I don't understand how they can afford the ticket prices. <laughs> Do you? I mean, it was it was it was mind numbing to me because um, I was told our tickets were I don't know four hundred dollars each or something, and they were way up in the north forty. Uh, but you know, I mean, it was a, a, a lot. Of, People from the other team, which I predicted, I think, on this show last year. But uh, uh, it was a, you know, experience. Amazing stadium. It was air-conditioned inside, too, because we walked. We parked uh, Mandalay Bay way south. So we had, uh, you know, got a lot of steps in that day. But uh, I, I go in, we go in the, um, my, my marketing guy and I go, we go in the, uh, in the stadium, and it's cool. Uh, and then, oh, yeah, it's also cool out there because the dome's closed, or maybe it doesn't open. <laughs> it yeah, it, there there is a part that opens. Uh, it's the uh, it's that uh, window out to the um, out to the strip that they're able to open from time to time. And I think when it starts cooling off, uh, they'll 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 be able to, uh, able to open uh, that up. But you know, I'm, I'm interested in your thoughts, Doctor Odell, because you've been in Las Vegas for so long, and now you've seen kind of the changeover and the growth uh, of that city. And I know we've talked about that quite a bit. Uh, but to, to, to have an NHL team uh, in the Golden Knights, now the NFL uh, with the Raiders, um, is it just one more uh, you know, piece of evidence that Las Vegas is just sincerely on the map uh, well, in every way imaginable? Uh, 
Yeah, and you know, if, if uh, we have an opportunity to do another show, I think Michael Moses is in town, but he didn't respond to my email. I'd forgotten he flew here yesterday for the injury report. And But as far as what you just stated, I, I couldn't agree more. When he got here, we couldn't even get a good meal in 1994. Now with a bunch of labs, I can't say how many, <laughs> we, we don't go out at all because the dogs control things, but they're entertaining of their own their own way. But, yeah, you, you couldn't have said it better. This city is contained. There's hardly ever any traffic problems. You know, they could have had more stadium parking, but, you know, that's because it was, it was put in late. Uh, I've never been to a, Gold, to a Golden Knights game, full disclosure, but I can't wait. And it's, it's, it is just uh, amazing. Something else that I can tell your listeners, Las Vegas, Nevada is going to be a medical tourism destination resort soon and if those that are interested and in, on a show sometime i can discuss that because there's some things going on here that we're going to be attracting people where we can get people better and nobody else can and that's a far cry from the days when the governor went to california for his treatments well that's something... uh, if you could shed a little bit of light on that uh, why, why will that be the case and that's great news, well there's a company the called nev bio it's run by uh, my good friend john laub who uh who is uh, a, a a great community guy and they they have uh, they have some they have some uh, monthly and actually weekly seminars about the medical tourism and I don't know as much about it as I as I should and I can certainly find out more, but they're going to be doing some treatments here that are going to be pioneered here where people will want to come, uh, and I, I'll, I'll have to get more information um, uh, uh, in, in the future, but uh, but um, it's really really exciting. Uh, what's 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 uh, in other words? I've been to some of their seminars where they didn't talk about the drugs or anything, the the the, the pro- exact products. They talked about the peri the para um, um, uh, activities. Enough hotels, enough of this, enough that, because so many people will be coming, and I'd be happy to fill it in when I get some more of the details. Because I've only because of my job, I have only been to a few of the seminars. I haven't been able to go like you know once a month. But there really is a move to make this a destination medical resort, which is really, from my standpoint, just beyond cool. No doubt about it. And we're talking to Dr. Robert O'Dell, uh, and I'm going to make my weekly pitch. Um, First of all, give them a call, 702-257-7246. If you're dealing with any kind of pain, uh, and we talk about this all the time, and I'm going to repeat it because it bears repeating, just because you get to a certain age and beyond, it doesn't mean you have to deal with pain. Yes, pain is a part of life, but it doesn't have to over. It, it doesn't have to rule your life. And sometimes we get into that mindset of, well, I'm I'm in pain, but you know, I'm I'm getting older. It's something that uh, we've all, always had to deal with. I'll deal with it. That's not the case. And if you call Dr. Rodell. Uh, and his staff over at the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas, 702-257-7246. They'll set you straight, whether it's yourself, whether it's a parent, whether it's a friend, your brother, whatever the case might be. Uh, if there's pain involved, it's not something that you got to grit your teeth and deal with. There's answers, there's remedies, and there's help. And Dr. Odell and his staff do a great job. Uh, of and and doing I'm telling you, if things are getting so sophisticated now that we can even uh, buttock pain, pain in the butt, not not spouses, but pain in the butt <laughs> actually can be divided into 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 the middle, the inside, and the outside, and we can treat those three different ways. Something I hadn't dreamed of uh, five years ago. 
Uh, it's getting that that we're getting that close. It's getting that uh, detailed. It's just really fun. I'm telling you. I put a bunch of peripheral nerve stimulators in recently, and uh, these are just doing wonders for people. They're tiny little spaghetti-like things with an external generator, and they just work beautifully. In fact, maybe I can uh, stick a few under the radars, and uh, you know, they uh, turn them on, and then they turn them off. They'll be pain-free for 12 hours, and and uh, you know, it's non it's non-drug. <laughs> well, we will. We'll, I'm sure they would like to hear that because um, it, it segues perfectly into the question that I have uh, for you, uh, Dr. Odell. Josh Jacobs, their star running back. I don't know if you uh, if if you if you remembered him on Monday night. He scored on a nice 15 yard uh, touchdown yep. run, but he was an obvious pain throughout the game. Uh, and it's 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 something that goes back to training camp. He suffered a toe injury. We're not quite sure. Uh, what the injury is exactly. Sometimes teams are very vague on, 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 the, on the exact nature of it. There is some speculation that it might be a bit of a, toe tur- uh, a, a, a turf toe situation. Turf toe, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so um, with what you were just mentioning and, and remedies and things that, uh, that you could do to alleviate pain, what's, how do you manage something like that? Because he is a running back. There is a lot of planting of the foot to make his cuts. Uh, to do what he does and gets paid handsomely to do, and the Raiders expect. But early in the season, he's already dealing with this injury, and there's 16 more games left in the season. He's not going to play this Sunday, but more moving forward. What what can be done to manage a, a, an injury like that? The problem with that is, is, as Dr. Moses has said multiple times, is you have to put all your weight on your these very small joints. And you know, I think some of the other joints get more more publicity or sexier than the, than the foot. But man, uh, a foot injury really has to be treated with kid with kid gloves. Uh, I'll give you an example, for example. I mean, if you put a uh, if you, if you put a block in there, let's say to block a nerve that goes to something that's hurting, then you'd be numb. You couldn't feel it. Well, it's fine if it's on your side or your ribs or something like that. But if it's your foot, you would lose proprioception, the ability to turn on. And again, I'm really talking like a pain doc or a, you know, for the more serious stuff. I'm not really. Um, going into the p- physical medicine and rehab, but um, um, I actually uh, would like to go go and meet the trainers and uh, at some point and uh, on days when Michael can't be here to learn a little bit more about some of these things. But it, it also, Vinny, depends really on the injury because there's doctors they're called podiatrists that that all they do is treat the foot, just like hand surgeons only treat the hand because the the details of the anatomy are so find that, that somebody can vote, devote their entire career and can handle the really difficult problems. I'd also like um, to put a Synexus device on him to see if he got better, but I really got to get down there uh, one of these days and, uh, and say hello to everybody. The doc, yeah, no question about, the, the, the no about I that. Wanna, uh, I just want to see the training staff. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and no question about that. Uh, but I, it just it just feels ominous to me, uh, an, an injury like that. And I don't want to be an alarmist or anything like that, but given the position that he plays and the nature of the injury and, and how it's already reared its ugly head, it just feels I like... I'm not sure I agree with you. I'm not okay. sure I agree with you. I mean, the, the knee, there's some catastrophic knee injuries, but there's so many things in the foot, but there are smaller structures, and I think they can tend to heal quicker, especially okay. in young people. That's good news, and he, he is going to be uh, out this week, so that'll give him two weeks off. 
the, the, the foot basically uh, leading into their next game uh, a week from Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. So maybe that's maybe that's the remedy. Maybe they just got to, you know, because uh, I know that they want him out on the field, but maybe it's just, hey, rest up this week, uh, get off the foot, let it rest, uh, let it heal, uh, and then hopefully they'll, they'll have him for the balance of the season. Who was taken off it. on the cart on our side? That was Denzel Good, uh, the offensive tackle. He tore his ACL. So, Oh, actually, um, no, I'm sorry. That was Gerald McCoy, and he suffered a uh, season-ending knee injury as well. So two, oh. two, yeah, two season-ending uh, knee injuries in that game, Denzel Good and Gerald McCoy. Well, one, they, one they took off the cart, the other one I wasn't aware of. I don't see their name. Their name is not on here because it's season-ending. Yes, exactly. Uh, when you w- w- once you go on to what they call the injured reserve list, you're yeah. just out. So you're not on the roster anymore. So but, yeah, uh, just like that, one game and two key players are lost for the season. It's just you know. The my dad said in the past, as you know, he was a college football coach and uh, America's outstanding player in 1943. He says, you know, it's a it's a rough game. He says, as time goes forward, people are getting too big and too strong for some of our joints, and. Uh, Somebody said to me the other day, maybe in 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 in, uh, in, in ten years I'll be playing flag football, you know. Yeah, uh, it's unfortunate, uh, and they're they're doing everything that they can to uh, to manage the um, the collisions and the violence. But there's only certain you know a uh, 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 certain amount that you can do, and and the stress that's on the muscles and the soft tissues yeah. and everything. I um, well, I also think too, like when the quarterback's like running. Why can he slide? Nobody else can. Give me a break. And I mean, I'm I'm being a little bit facetious, but <laughs> it's because on, the, they, they they understand how important a good quarterback is to the uh, to the, to the level of play. So uh, I understand so they, that, but that's different rules for different positions, and that's not democratic. Oh, yep, you will get a, a big <laughs> argument from some NFL players on that. Siding with you for sure. Uh, well, listen, Dr. I'd Odell, like to come down to meet the training staff. I'll be in Tennessee Monday and Tuesday, but if something we could do. Uh, I'm sure that it's, it's, uh, it'd be really nice to see them again because, and I, you know, full disclosure, physical medicine rehab is not my, you know, forte as as an anesthesiologist. But uh, I also want to get Dr. Moses to, to to come down there. I think I think it'd be just awesome. But it was I can't tell you guys how great it was being in that stadium. And Las Vegas is is not back. Las Vegas never never sleeps. Never Las Vegas is. Uh, I mean. It's it's just amazing to be living here now, and I was here early in 1994. Yeah, you know? yep, no question about it. Well, so on I had that a lot note, of pride Dr. when I, when I was driving to Tennessee Sunday mornings, watching a steam go up, like like at five in the morning, you know, to catch a six or four thirty in the morning, to catch a six hour flight. I looked to my right, and I says, "Oh, this is so cool!" It just oh, it just made me feel so proud. And I, I, you know, I've never even seen an UNLV game. Uh, my, my chiropractor, Steve Shaw, was a quarterback for them, and uh, I do want to do that too. But it's just, it's just, uh, it's a great community, and nobody really believes believed we were a community until, of course, the October one shooting, yeah, uh, which you know, I think the whole the whole country saw that we are yep, a community. Yep. Yes, there are people that live here. Yep, what a wonderful place to live, where nothing bad happens except a little heat. Yep, 
And I'm with you there uh, on that, uh, Dr. Odell. Uh, well, on that note, I appreciate you spending some time with us in the huddle. We'll check back in with you uh, next week, and hopefully Dr. Michael Moses uh, can, be with, can be with you uh, to go over some of these injuries leading into uh, the Miami Dolphins game. And unfortunately, the nature of the business, there's probably going to be some more uh, people added to that list by the time we speak again tomorrow. Dr. Odell, thank you so what much. If, Have a great weekend. Enjoy the game on Sunday. What if we had professional tap dancing? Would there be as many injuries of any? I don't think think so um but uh but i don't know uh it seems pretty dangerous it seems pretty you, you know you got to push yourself physically in that as well so uh but i don't think so i, I have a feeling football's got got a leg up uh, on on tap dancing in that regard that was dr robert odell from the neuropathy and pain center you're in the huddle with Benny monster and q myers friday night raider nation radio 9 20 a.m it doesn't get better any better than that Welcome back to In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, live from the Treasure Island Sportsbook. Yeah, I try not to, to worry about nostalgia this week. We're on a short week. We got a lot of guys hurt. Uh, obviously, the, the, the moments that, that, you know, the immaculate reception and just the amount of Hall of Famers that would go toe-to-toe with each other. You know, seeing Cliff line up with Mel Blunt, um, seeing Tatum and Atkinson looking for Lynn Swan, uh, seeing Franco and... Uh, Terry Bradshaw and Stabler and all the guys. It was uh, quite a it was quite a rivalry, and um, I don't have one other thing that sticks out right now. Sorry. <laughs> That's John Gruden talking about uh, the rivalry between the uh, Raiders and the, uh, and the and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And sometimes I wasn't there today, but you know you 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 you're, you're working on a story, or or maybe. You know, you want to incorporate some sound into into what you're doing on the radio, and so you got to ask a question that um, is on your radar, but maybe not necessarily the coach's radar. And this is what I've learned about NFL coaches, man. They get dialed in, brother. Yeah. Uh, during uh, on a game week, and it, I almost feel bad sometimes about asking those off questions, like, "Hey, what did you think about?" You know, we de- we have to do it because we got stories and stuff to write. Uh, but John Gruden's like looking at you, going, "Man, I am like trying to figure out." how to deal with T.J. Watt, man. Right. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, Franco Harris and all the Cliff Branch and all those guys, it's, it's, it's out there. Go look at it yourself. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's you, you got to do it, but you know, you know, like, man, I, I, I hate asking this question right now. No, it was funny, though. He, you know, he said originally, like, oh, I don't have a whole lot. I'm, you know, kind of thinking about. And then all of a sudden he went on some big old long, not rant, but he goes on some, well, I remember Cliff lining up against Mel Blount. You know, and he starts going on these different, you know, d- details and everything. And then finally he kind of – I think he, he realized, like, whoa, I'm actually talking more than I expected to. So, yeah, I don't have any more about that. <laughs> yeah, because it was, you know, it was obvious that a young John Gruden was right. watching those football He appreciates games. that. He does. Of course. Uh, I mean, the, his, his dad coached at Notre Dame. I think he went to South Bend High School, didn't he, in South Bend, Indiana. So he's a, he's a football blue blood when it right. comes down to it. Um, right. And it's been a family profession. Going, you know, his father was an assistant coach for many, many years. Um, so uh, he, he knows the history of the football. But right now, he's like, how the heck am I going to win a football game without Josh Jacobs and Gerald McCoy and Richie Incognito? And you're up here asking me about, you know, uh, Cliff Branch. But it's all good. It's right. part of the profession. It's part of the job. But it... I do, you know, not that I laugh at it, but just you start seeing the facial expressions just change during the week as it gets closer and closer to the game and how tighter and tighter and tighter they're wound up and how 
their radars just shrink to just what is going to happen on Sunday. And it becomes a singular uh, attention to detail. And, and you really have to be focused, man, in those kind of – not just the not just the coaching staff, but the players. That's their world at this point, and so much is riding uh, on it. Yeah, it really is, man. And it's going to be interesting. It's going to be exciting. You know, the, the Raiders' first uh, – uh, road trip and road game of the season should be fun. Uh, obviously, Pittsburgh's a great opponent. Uh, it's going to be a challenge, but if they come out of it 2-0, then, then Raider Nation, the conversation on Monday is a totally different conversation. I look forward to it, but again, you got to see what's going to happen on Sunday. I was just going to say, guess who's going to be talking about it, all about it on Monday? Us at Raider Nation Radio, yep. and you can also read our stories over at uh, the Vegas Nation. Uh, you want to download the app, Vegas Nation, or go to the VegasNation.com uh, on the computer. But have a great weekend. want to say thanks to all our callers this week. Thanks to all of our guests. Uh, Damon Cotton, thanks for everything that you do. Q, thanks for uh, hanging in with me uh, for a couple of extra hours over at the uh, Treasure Island. Really appreciate that. Enjoy the game. Be safe this weekend. Uh, and everyone, we will check back in with you on mo- bright and early Monday morning on 7 a.m. to to try to unravel what happened on Sunday. Check you guys out. Have a great weekend. Talk to you on Monday. The Alabama Crimson Tide roll into the swamp to play the Florida Gators. Which team will remain unbeaten after this contest? Find out by listening to all the NCAA Gridiron action Saturday at noon on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Hey guys, it's Vinny B, and I want to talk to you about Embajador Tequila, the official tequila of Raider Nation Radio's In the Huddle. Whether it's celebrating a big win or just kicking back after work, adding Embajador Tequila takes every gathering to the next level. The care, quality, and patience put into every bottle can be tasted from the first sip to the last, and it's why we're honored to call Embajador our teammate. So do yourself a favor and pick up some Embajador Tequila on your next stop at the store, or just go to their website, EmbajadorTequila.com. Embajador Tequila, the official tequila of Raider Nation Radio's In the Huddle. Hey, it's Cofield. I got to tell you about my pals at Nova Home Loans. May was Military Appreciation Month. Well, they've made 2021 Military Appreciation Year. That means with these record low interest rates and now no processing fees, it's a great opportunity for veterans and active duty military to refinance their existing loan or purchase a home today. No processing fee means a savings of $1,300. But you got to call them 877-700-NOVA. It's Nova Home Loans. Tell them Cofield sent you 877-700-NOVA. NMLS 25011, branch NMLS 777-362. This fall, get in the game and earn cash for betting sports with the William Hill Nevada Mobile Sports app on your phone or tablet. During William Hill's Fall Rewards, earn up to $500 cash back. Between now and December 31st, you'll be eligible for cash back points for every wager made, win or lose, on the William Hill Nevada Mobile Sports app. You'll also earn bonus cash back for teasers and parlay card wagers made on the app. To enroll in Fall Rewards and to see participating locations, visit WilliamHill.us. That's WilliamHill.us. Lincoln Black Label is your invitation to a uniquely elevated automotive experience revolving around you, including pickup and delivery, premium maintenance, vehicle care, Lincoln Concierge, travel collection, and culinary collection. Finley Lincoln is here to surprise and delight you all the way through your effortless experience. Thinking Lincoln? Then think Finley Lincoln in the Valley Auto Mall, Nevada's only standalone Lincoln Black Label dealership. 
The showroom at South Point presents great live entertainment featuring the actual Kenny Rogers Band with Don Gatlin, September 17th to the 19th. You got to know. A rare journey featuring the music and life of Kenny Rogers with his original band, videos, stories, and his greatest hits played by his original band. Tickets at the box office online at southpointcasino.com or charged by phone 702-797-8055. The Kenny Rogers Band with Don Gatlin, live at the showroom at South Point. The Allman Family Revival, celebrating Greg Allman's legacy. Friday, December 17th, the theater at Virgin Hotels, Las Vegas. Hosted by Devin Allman and featuring the Allman Betts Band, Robert Randolph, Donovan Frankenreiter, Lily Hyatt, Luther Dickinson, Eric Gales, Joanne Shaw Taylor, Cody Dickinson, Jimmy Hall, Lamar Williams Jr. with very special guest, River Kittens, and many more. Tickets are on sale now at AXS.com. Produced by AEG Presents. Sky Diamonds, the biggest diamond showroom on the West Coast, is now offering 0% financing for five years on its entire selection of natural diamonds and fine jewelry. Sky Diamonds features an unrivaled collection of loose diamonds, wedding bands, diamond jewelry, and so much more. It's all available to you for a limited time only with 0% financing for five years. Our staff at Sky Diamonds is made up of top diamond experts who help you make the most educated and comfortable purchase possible. At Sky, there's no risk because every diamond comes with a money-back guarantee. And if you want to upgrade in a year, we'll give you full credit for what you paid, plus another